Jira finally graduated? Yeah, and just a shade under a decade, too. All right. You know, a lot of people go to college for seven years. I know. They're called doctors. Tell my boy Mac and Cheese, next. When your weekend's all spent up and you got Monday coming down the pike, sometimes all you need is a little comfort to get you through to Monday. Mac and Cheese Movies, where we believe in comfort food and comfort movies. You know, a lot of people go to college for seven years. I know. They're called doctors. This always has been, always will be a family firm. Oh, son of a... Someday my son will run. Luke. Choosing me. Hey, Tommy, this is not a vacation for me. I'm out here against my will, so the least you can do is pretend to work. Oh, I can actually hear you getting fatter. All right, it's sale time, so remember, we don't take no for an answer. No. Okie dokie. I'm gonna pass. Gotcha, thanks. Oh, son of a. That's gonna leave a mark. Okay, check you out. Hello, welcome to Mac and Cheese Movies. I'm Scotty Coppage. And she prays to the god of skinny punks, Shannon Coppage. <laughs> hey. And your firearms are useless against him, C.T. Weichman. Howdy. <laughs> uh, so, nice. nice, yes indeed. I was like, which one shall we use for C.T.? Shall it be puking over the balcony? Nope, nope, it shall be firearms are useless against him. Uh, yeah, today for Mac and Cheese Movies, we have Tommy Boy, which Rotten Tomatoes describes as after his beloved father dies, dim-witted Tommy Callahan inherits a near-bankrupt automobile parts factory in Sandusky, Ohio. His brand-new stepmother, Beverly, wants to cash out and close, but Tommy's sentimental attachment to his father's employees spurs him to make a one-last-ditch effort to find someone who will buy their products. With his father's tightly wound assistant, Richard, in tow, Tommy hits the road to scare up some new clients. Rotten Tomatoes always has, like, way better descriptions than, like, IMDb. IMDb would be, like, one sentence, and it would be like, yeah, so this guy and his father's employee go on the road after his dad dies. It'd be, like, toast. Dry as toast. Just always makes me sad. But Rotten Tomatoes never disappoints. Is that is true. Okay, well, what do we make for today's movie, Tommy Boy? I'm going to start because ours wasn't nearly as good as CT's. So <laughs> I'm just going to get that one out of the way. Uh, because I, So we we did the uh, shrimp cocktail. Deterred um, it. 
They <laughs> deterred shrimp cocktail. I don't know. I looked. We we just had these little tiny shrimp in in the freezer, so they're not like the. But I've seen a couple things. I've had to kind of kind of. I didn't have to get a shovel out exactly, but did have to kind of scrape some things off. But anyway, that didn't take any any work whatsoever. But I'd never made actual cocktail sauce before. Uh. It's really easy. It took like 10, 15 minutes, but it was just ketchup, horseradish, lemon juice, black pepper, and Tabasco, and just a tad of Worcestershire sauce. It was pretty tasty. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm for anything really with Worcestershire and horseradish in it, so I was for it. Uh, Scotty, what do you think? You're like a much pickier eater. Um, <laughs> I noticed you only ate like one shrimp I, slightly. I, I, ate a, I ate a lot of them while we were waiting. So I've eaten a whole lot. Like, have you? In the interim. That's true. Have you though? What I'm going to say is the cocktail sauce tastes like cocktail sauce. If you go to a restaurant, couldn't tell the difference, but I did a taste test. So I guess it's pretty good. How much cocktail sauce have you eaten? I've, I've had some. <laughs> okay okay well it was pretty tasty regardless uh what about you ct what'd you make so i decided to go with the tommy want wingy side of things um which is the same scene uh when they go to the i think it's called the clock bucket um after getting whacked in the face by the dino world <laughs> um they are prehistoric for us, sorry. So I went with Tommy Want Wingy. I went and got some organic whole chicken wings because growing up in Memphis, we had a place that had whole chicken wings, and I love actually having the whole wing not cut apart. Um, so I started with the organic chicken, and last night I brined it uh, with some kosher salt and some Sichuan peppercorns that I just got. Also threw in some herbs from my garden, uh, a little bit of rosemary in there. I put in some celery salt, let that sit overnight, Get a good flavor to it. Took it out this morning, dried it out, got it nice and uh, like all the moisture off it. That way, you know, you fries a little crispier. Then fried it in some oil. Everybody, you know, I know frying is not healthy, so the oil doesn't really matter, but it was vegetable oil. Then um, I made a sauce as a local buffalo sauce, but I added uh, some cayenne. I added some parsley from my garden. I added... Uh, little bit of paprika in there as well as some more garlic um and of course Kerrygold butter simmered that up tossed it all together got some blue cheese in the middle on top of some butter lettuce so then later i can roll the lettuce up and eat it and it tastes like wings oh that sounds amazing that sounds incredible yeah i saw the pictures um and of course you showed it to us and it looks delicious i'm just so sad that i don't get to try it <laughs> does it does it does the taste have, have the kick in it does the brine is the brine the deal breaker there? What 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 do you think are the keys to the wings? So the brine actually, uh, yeah, I've been trying to learn more about brines and marinades. My friend loves that I marinate things. We always talk about my marinade skills, but I started brining, especially with chicken. Chicken has a tendency to dry out. Obviously, when you're frying it, not as much. But I've started brining all my chicken. Um, Chick fil A actually pickle uses pickle juice. Mm -hmm. If you're making a Nashville hot chicken, you normally would brine in pickle juice. It actually seals in the moisture, brings a lot of that flavor to the top. And then when you dry it out, the moisture stays in the meat and not on the outside. Mm. So the brining just infuses some of that. The herbs in there and then the Szechuan pepper give this little kick to it. You rinse it all off. So it's just infused. Um, I read something that was talking about marinades and are do they really work and somebody said that they don't somebody said they did so they did some science and they actually took chicken and marinated it they didn't marinate it they did a bunch of different studies 
And what they said is basically, if you just cook your chicken unmarinated, it's like putting on paint uh, onto a wall without using a primer. Like, you know, the flavor on the outside, it's on the outside, and that's great. But when you marinate the chicken, it doesn't go in deep. Some people think it penetrates the meat. It doesn't. But what it is, it's more like using a primer. So it actually, the, the flavor actually stays to the edge of the meat. And everyone says it's just on the edge. That doesn't matter. But when you bite, you generally bite through both edges and you get the meat in the middle. So it does matter. So I've been really digging on this brining uh, lately. Uh, people can prove me wrong, but I think it added like a good juiciness to the wing. The wings are super juicy. Um, the skin's crispy. So I think that did well. Heck yeah. It sounds incredible. And now I know about brining. I just started brining myself, you know, like I was just like, yeah, it's fine. It doesn't need all this, you know, like also I'm not going to plan that far in advance. I'm going <laughs> to fly by the seat of my pants kind of cook. And now I'm like, okay, I should definitely brine. It makes a difference. <laughs> oh yeah. Absolutely. But now I know why. <laughs> and I, and I know that my wings, when you compare them to the movie, the movie, they come out in a basket and um, it is a much different style. I don't have a red plastic basket and uh, <laughs> paper to put it on. So I went with my china. But I think they're pretty good. And it was beautifully so. plated, too. Like, we're definitely going to be linking to that. Because uh, I I thought ours looked kind of pretty in a bowl, you know, with the, the sauce nestled in the middle. But now we were put to shame by your beautiful presentation <laughs> of the chicken it's a, wings. It's a butter lettuce. It came, came with that green pop and <laughs> the parsley. I think, I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is. All right. Well, uh, first taste. First time you've seen the movie, your relationship to it, why it's a mac and cheese movie. Who wants to get started? I am going to... Either you or me, CT, because Scotty, I can guarantee you, has a blow-by-blow account of the exact moment that he watched this movie for the first time, and I never have that. So I I definitely don't like to follow that, because I'm like, yeah, I don't remember when I saw this the first time, probably on TV, <laughs> which is basically I mean, my whole story. This, this movie to me, um, like, if we're just talking about the first taste of it. I don't remember exactly the first time I saw it. It came out in 95, so I was 12. That, in my opinion, was like the heyday of comedy. I recognize that nowadays, you know, the thousands, we had some good ones. The, ten, the tens, we had some movie, good ones. But you look at the 90s and what movies it got us. It brought us Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, Tommy Boy, Black Sheep, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, literally all the classics that we look back to. And this one, Tommy Boy kind of kicked it off. Obviously, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of overlap because that's your SNL crew. You had Adam Sandler, David Spade, Rob Schneider, Chris Farley, these classic comedians that, you know, Chris Farley, obviously RIP, but everyone else, they're still bringing the funny. And yeah, sure. Happy Madison films. People make fun of some of them because some of them might be terrible, like Jack and Jill, but they still bring value. They're still funny. And this one, actually, I think I was reading something. This one was originally going to be called something like Billy... Billy in the third something Midwestern. Yeah. Tom, Tom, Chris Farley's from Madison, Wisconsin. I've been to his grave and, but they had to change names. So like, there's so many overlaps with all that comedy trope troop, like the, the, the things we all grew up on anyone in their thirties and forties. These are the things that changed comedy, I think. So I don't remember the first time I watched it. It was in the movie theater for sure. And I've always been a big dude. And so Chris Farley just, He's on point to me. And the fat guy in the little coat, 
Like, I remember doing that to my friends. It's not intentionally, but, like, I grabbed the wrong blazer for school and just... So, that was my, like, first impression. Obviously, it's not as... as I don't remember the specific day or movie theater, but I remember I watched it when it came out. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, well, me growing up, like, we didn't go to the movies a whole lot, you know, so it was it was rare, uh, you know, maybe a couple times a year. So it was definitely at home, either on TV or we rented it. I'm guessing on TV because I can't imagine, like, my mom or dad renting this, being like, this looks good, you know? <laughs> um, but, so I don't, obviously don't remember when I saw it, uh, but it's one of the few movies that I love with a decent amount of slapstick comedy. Um, I don't really, things that are super heavy on the slapstick, I either love or hate it. You know, like, I love Anchorman. I hate, like, Christmas Vacation, you know? <laughs> um, I don't... I don't know why, you know, like, I don't know what the, what the line was. We actually went to go see like Christmas, rewatched it, you know, several years back up. They had a classic film series and I just kind of left at some point. I was just tired of it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I was just tired of Christmas vacation. I went and sat in some other movie, but this one, I think it's because there's like an underlying feel good aspect to it. It's just like two guys trying to save the factory in their town. Um, yeah, there's cringe worthy moments, uh, that in any other movie would probably kill that movie for me, but there's an underlying level of purity in this movie. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that's, I think that's Tommy all the way. He's just so sincere. You can't help but love him and this movie. And uh, then I think their friendship, the friendship between he and David Spade's character, Richard, is just completely believable. And uh, that to me made it a winner. That's why like, I really enjoy this movie. Um, it's a little surprising to even me because it does have so much slapstick, but I just think it is wonderful. What about you, Scotty? Tell us blow by blow the exact moment you saw this movie. I was I was in eighth grade when I saw this movie. <laughs> and like it, you know, a year earlier had been Dumb and Dumber. So you thought that I thought this was like just kind of like a ripoff of Dumb and Dumber. So I wasn't super into seeing this. I didn't even see it opening weekend. I saw it like at the dollar movie a few months later. And it, you know, I I thought it was funny. I thought it, you know, it was it was kind of whatever, but I mean, Dumb and Dumber is like at an 11 the entire time. I mean, everything is so like kind of balls to the wall kamikaze in Dumb and Dumber. And, but then like Tommy Boy is on HBO a whole lot. It's on cable all the time. It becomes this second hand to, to talk to everybody, like with quotes and everything else. The fat guy in little coat, like what'd you do? Like all that stuff. And... So it just kind of has like a like a really like a durability to it that is like really incredible. And you know, me and my dad we saw Black Sheep. I mean, you just really wanted to. What is Chris Farley gonna do? I mean, he was gonna be the cable guy um, before they gave it to Jim Carrey for twenty million dollars. But it's um, when I was watching it like this weekend, things I wasn't thinking about at all when I was in eighth grade was about how this how this story is about like a guy losing his father and it's about manufacturing in this country, like dying. And it's about 
like all these other things. And there's like kind of a character arc and there's like an emotional beat to this movie that isn't in Dumb and Dumber. So the more I like look at this, the more it's got like a whole lot more different layers to it than like Dumb and Dumber, than being like some sort of knockoff of that. Maybe that's why I like it. <laughs> I'm just going to feed off of that and steal it for my own. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, let's get into the ingredients. Um, we had David Spade, Chris Farley, obviously. Um, Rob Lowe, you know, he's not credited in this movie. Um, and he's in it a whole hell of a lot. Do you know why? Yes, I do, okay. Scotty. Thank you for feeding <laughs> me that. <laughs> no, so the reason is because he was contractually obligated to Stephen King's The Stand at the time. Um, and so they like, didn't put that in there. You have like a better story for that, but that's the basic, the basic, uh, deal there. Yeah. He was playing tennis with Lauren Michaels and he wanted him to be in this movie and he was like under contract for the stand. So he couldn't like be credited in this movie. And at some point, and we'll talk about this later, like they wanted Rob Lowe to have a much bigger part in this movie. He's already a pretty big part. He is hilarious in this movie. Like... The shirt getting sucked up through the thing. Um, and then just like throwing his jacket over his shoulder like he, that was completely intentional. Like the, the first moment you see him, he gets off the bus and that kid's making the faces and he just hits the window. <laughs> well, and that goes back into his uh, his like bad guy phase because he was like in, in actor jail or whatever. <laughs> Well, and I was reading, I was reading that role. Oh, who was it? Matthew McConaughey? Yes, right for that role because mm-hmm. it was like right after Days Confused, and like um, I think it was something about the contract because I actually just downloaded the stand. I do a lot of audiobooks. I'm getting excited to listen to the stand, but I was reading about that, and uh, it's just funny. Like Rob Lowe now is, you know, he was mad had this bad guy mentality. Now everyone knows him from was it Community Parks and Rec, truly. Parks and Rec, uh, Parks yeah. And Rec. Parks, and Rec. Parks and Rec, that's yeah. yeah and, and the West Wing, yeah. West Wing, yeah. West and, Wing. Uh, but you know, it's funny. I think I think it's also like you look at the other bad guy in the film, Bo Derek, and right off the bat, like you know, they reference her first movie. You know, you're she's a ten, she's a ten, like, because her movie was perfect no, ten. Yeah, I love that. And it's like, is that for me? <laughs> no, that's for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. It's like great. It's like not only is Tommy Boy this like lovable character, but he's also still a spoiled little boy to his dad. And I love it. Like he gets his own office with a fridge for six packs of soda <laughs> and milk. Yeah. And like, you know, he gets all this stuff. And like you see the chemistry with David Spade, like all the way. You know, I was watching it. I actually watched it yesterday just to refresh with my neighbor. And, um, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's the kid on the bike from the beginning. And she was like, how do you know that? I'm like, he literally says, shut up, Richard. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the movie, he keeps saying, shut up, mm-hmm. Richard. Like, he got out of the town and went to the school, nice school because his dad paid for it. Richard stuck around. And he's like, he's like the prodigal son coming back. It's a whole, there are a lot of allegories that make me like this movie more than just a dumb slapstick. I put it more in the physical, not just slapstick and like, true Chevy Chase manner, but there's like a physical element of his comedies, you know, the falling through tables, the, the rambunctious behaviors, all that. Like, I don't know. Like, and, and I just love that this was a, started the David Spade, Chris Farley, bro comedy 
thing. It inspired Shrek. It inspired all that. Like, I, I, I loved how it came together. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And he's, he's like an athlete with the physical comedy. Well, and they I mean, wanted yeah. they wanted to get, like, stuntmen for, like, that first scene where oh, he's, yeah. like, no. he does the toast and then he falls yep. through the table and he's like, oh, no, I got it. <laughs> and the cartwheels. That's the thing. Like, he's a big dude. I'm a big dude. I think, well, I, I don't have to look up his height. I'm guessing he was, what, 5'8". Like, I, I, I'll look up his weight while we're talking here. But, um. He's a big dude, but that dude, when you watch him run around at the beginning scene when he's late for the exam, that's him sprinting. Like, he is moving. He's a big <laughs> dude. He's the one that did the cartwheel on stage right before his dad dies. He, like, he's a big dude, but, you know, he breaks some of those uh, breaks some of those assumptions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, he was 5'8", 300 at the time of his death. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. God. We missed out on so much with him. I mean, I don't know if y'all seen, have y'all seen, it was, it was David Spade, Adam Sandler, Rob Schneider, and, uh, the Chris, guy. Chris from, Rock? No, it was, it was another white guy. He was from, um, Grandma's Boy. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Is it? Nick Schwartzen. Okay. Nick Schwartzen. It was those four on a comedy troupe and they did a tribute when, when Adam Sandler's on stage to do a tribute to Chris Farley and just show all the amazing actors in the happy Madison family that have interacted with Chris Farley. And it's just like, I wonder, you wonder like if Chris Farley hadn't passed, I mean, you can wonder this about John Candy, you can wonder this about Jim Belushi, all the, or Tom Belushi, but like if he hadn't passed, would happy Madison film studio be the best comedy studio out there? I postulate that would be like, you have those, all these great movies, but you add in the Chris Farley element, cause he would have definitely gotten in with that Sam. Like we know that. You know, he's now putting out Hubie Halloween, the Mr. Murder Date thing. Like, imagine if Chris Farley were continuing to do, like, the bus driver role from Billy Madison. Mm-hmm. Like, all these little roles that he had. Like, oh, man, it'd be unstoppable. And also, like, he has this kind of range that I think he would have had, like, Sandler's career where he goes and works with Paul Thomas Anderson or he goes yeah. and works with um, James L. Brooks. Or just, like, he's got that in him, I think, to really – have like a different kind of career as well as like the funny, the funny stuff. And he could like use, I'm kind of like, I'm thinking about Will Ferrell and you know, how Adam Sandler really was able to branch out. Well, yeah. I mean, look at Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler started with Billy Madison. Well, I guess he started with uh, Overboard, which was terrible, but Billy Madison, you know, Happy Gilmore. He had this whole streak of movies, like all these movies where he's the dumb idiot, like funny, laugh at him, laugh with him. But, like, then he moved in. He just uncut gems, got nominated for that. He did Rain Over Me, which is one yeah. of my favorite movies. Funny People. Uh, all these movies where he has a serious side. Adam Sandler, or Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey did the same thing. Went from slapstick, you know, facial comedy to, like, serious. You have, like, uh, Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. And you have these Man on the Moon, these movies yeah, where these show, actors yeah. develop and become more than just funny. And I loved it. And I wish we could have seen Chris Farley mm-hmm. do it. Agreed. Agreed. Um, in that funny vein with the like fat guy in the little coat that y'all were talking about <laughs> earlier. <laughs> so that was actually a thing that he and David Spade would do on SNL. Like they'd be writing and stuff. And like when they kind of would hit like a log jam or something, he would do that whole bit. Um, and that was just, that was just something that they did together. And it was like, well, maybe we should try it out for this movie. And, uh, apparently 
Like, so he, they, they film that scene, and then he, like, kind of keeps it going after the filming stopped, like, singing it, you know, like, sing song, you know, because he'd done it just, like, kind of the, just saying the words kind of deal. They were like, let's shoot this again, but like that, <laughs> and we'll just see how it goes. And that's one of the most iconic scenes from this movie. Um, I also like, like, stories on set, uh, but, like, apparently... David Spade, like at some point, Chris Farley's like not feeling great, so he goes up to the hotel. So David Spade's like, "Hey, uh, Rob Love, you wanna you wanna go get a drink?" <laughs> and so they do, and Chris Farley is so pissed at him. Like the rest of the time, there's just this like bubbling resentment towards David Spade and his his newfound friendship, I guess, with Rob Lowe. and he like picks a fight with. I don't know. He's picking fights with David Spade and he like goes back to his trailer or wherever you go when you're not filming. And he just picks a fight with like some other guy on set that's like kind of his size, you know? <laughs> and that makes me think of Scotty and uh, and how like, it's like, no, <laughs> that makes me think of Scotty. And I'm going to tell you why it makes me think of Scotty because Scotty has these grand ideals on like what he wants that bro to bro friendship to be like, it's like, we're going to be best friends. And then like some other person comes in and he is pissed at them for ruining that for him. <laughs> and I think that's, that's how Chris Farley was in this moment. Yeah. I'm like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like that. Uh-huh. I'm like that with Shannon. You're like that with me, but I mean, like, you'll be going out with a dude friend, and then they'll oh, be like, yeah. there, <laughs> there are a couple stories where he's like, Shannon, so we're sitting there, and then so-and-so called him or texted him. He was like, hey, why don't you come on by? And I, he was like, I was like, he crashed your date? He's like, oh, he crashed my date. He crashed my dude date. He crashed yeah. my dude date. Manners um, it was my first time hanging out with that guy. I thought I was making a new friend, which is hard to make a new friend, you know, when in adult life. And uh, yeah. this guy like invites this other dude. He's now taking over the conversation and everything. And like, it was just like, yeah, I never hung out with that dude again. We never went to Buffalo Wild Wings again. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I like ever since college, it is so much harder to make adult friends. I, I, I get it. Like I understand bringing it back. Like, you know, the whole brothers, like, when he's like, brothers don't shake hands, brothers got a hug. Like, I remember when my sisters got married, and I finally had a brother. I was like, look, I now got brothers. I got friends built into my family. Like, yeah, I get it. I get it. It's hard. And now I'm like, I'm in my apartment. You know, um, I live in Florida, and, like, literally, I'm, like, walking around outside. And I'm like, ooh, maybe I'll go meet that person. They walk outside. Yeah. And they can be friends. Like, yeah. <laughs> You know what? They've been built on less. (laughs) Well, luckily, one of my, actually two doors down from me, uh, he loves Star Wars and bourbon. And I just got into bourbon over Christmas. And so we started doing like whiskey. Well, originally it was Boba Fett bourbon. Now it's Whiskey Wednesdays. But it's hard to make friends. I get it. I would be jealous too. (laughs) I think, I think everything you just said was just like, why don't I live in Florida? Like from Scotty, because you were like, I just got into bourbon. He's like, you like bourbon? Star Wars I like bourbon. bourbon. What? Boba <laughs> Fett? <laughs> which, which, by the way, I'll, I'll go on record. Don't get into bourbon. My credit card hates me. <laughs> Absolutely hates me. I've been, in, I've been into it for three months and like, 
I'm like three grand in already. Oh. I'm like, God, I hate this hobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a great way to burn cash. Let me, let me see the beer. Oh. The other beer. The, the can. Oh, the can. I, I, want, I want to talk about, I want to talk about, we went oh. to, this is called Cognitive Dissonance. This is called Cognitive Dissonance. And this is from the Turning Point. Turning Point Brewery, Turning Point in, Bedford. Brewery in Bedford, Texas. It's very, it's a hazy IPA. It's very good. Um, when we went there, <laughs> when we, and, and, and I put it on the podcast cause I was like cognitive dissonance, that whole definition totally applies to this podcast. Done. The, the guy giving us our beers, his, he had like some really cool hair and his beard. He just looked pretty badass. And I'm like, always kind of like, I want to talk to somebody about like, oh yeah, Hey, um, yeah, I get it cut like this, this is what the stylist does or whatever. Or I use this product. So I say, I really love your hair. But he shouts it. He shouts it at this dude. It is not that loud in this brewery. We're standing across from the bar. He's standing behind it like you do. And he just shouts it. And this guy kind of just looks taken aback. Scotty does not notice any of this at all. And he's just disappointed. I'm like, maybe next time be a little more smooth with it. You know? He just just says thanks. And I was like, because I wanted to be like, oh, um, I use thanks. I use this like pomade right here and does this and what i kind of want I, I want the playbook that's what i want when i tell you i like your hair usually. which is basically your entire problem with life you have very high expectations <laughs> but yeah no just shouts it right out at this guy and i'm just like scotty your volume control you need to you need to take it down like 10 notches for it to be like kind of kind of kind of like just smooth and cool like I don't really care, but you have really cool hair. I'm still breaking into society from the last two years of COVID. (laughs) So. I get it. It goes back to that. It's hard to make friends. I get it. You know, like. It was hilarious. We were there to see friends and hang out with them. So we're like hanging out with them later that night. And I've already told this story to multiple friends since that point. Somebody texted me this morning and said, oh yeah, me and Ryan were like laughing about that story. And yeah, so, but you're improving people's lives with that, you know, because now, <laughs> now we get to, now we get to just share that with the world. <laughs> Turning Point is a great spot. When did y'all go up there? Friday. Friday. Yeah, we went oh, to so go. Y'all got to see the new, y'all got to see the new build out, right? Like they they just redid it because used to when you walked in, it was real skinny and then it would open up. There's a bar, but it was real cramped. Now they blew out that wall. Oh, it's there's yeah. a whole downstairs area. There's the bar along the right. There's I, a downstairs area. We didn't even <laughs> well, like, go downstairs. Know, like, down, it's like down a level where the kids. It's like a corral area where the kids you can throw them in there. And there's like a fence and like and <laughs> right in the front. Like there's like an area like a kids pen playpen. I, I did not even notice this. Yeah, <sighs> they uh, they're they're actually a top. Five or ten, depending on which rating site brewery in Texas. Really? On fact, yeah, they had they no IPAs and stouts, and they no idea. I think they rate they rate like a four point one out of five on Untapped on average out of every wow. No idea. Yeah, we were just looking for, so we got there pretty early, and um, we we're like, well, let's just like go do something while we're kind of waiting for our friends to finish up with work and everything. And so we got on Yelp, and we're like, what's the closest brewery to their house? And uh, that was like, 
I think Scotty was like, oh, it's three miles away. It was like six miles away or something. But we went through all the bougie areas, like Colleyville. And we're, and we're in like school zones too, so it took us like a 30 minutes yep. to get there. We hit five schools. There's so many schools on were that you, road. Were you driving from Dallas or from Fort Worth? From Grapevine. Grapevine. Yeah. Okay, from Grapevine. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. Uh, Our friends live in Grapevine. Yeah. Next time, next time you go up there, there's two other breweries literally one mile from them, uh, Brutal Beer Works and False Idol. Ooh. Both worth the visit. They're like all three of those breweries are like literally three of the top twenty in Texas, and they're within a mile of each other. Heck yeah! It's crazy. Done and done. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, I'm sipping on leftover Guinness Draft Stouts. Um, St. Patty's was last week. St. Patty's hold up. Well, it's a special place in my heart, being um, uh, part Irish, but uh, my birthday's the day after St. Patty's. Bring him back to the movie, Chris Farley. He's an Irish Catholic family as well. But um, I had some leftover Guinness, which pairs really poorly with these hot wings. But <laughs> it's what you got. You know, the beer you have is the best beer you can drink, right? Exactly. That's, that is so that's true. wise words. That is, that is very much like what we go with. So much of the food that I choose to make, I'm like, so I have the vast majority of ingredients on hand. This is what we're doing. <laughs> done and done. But uh, on back to the movie, like you said, uh, let's remix the ingredients. So we've already kind of talked a little bit about this, but who tried out for a role didn't make it? Who did they want they didn't get? Past and present would have been great for this role. If y'all put any thought towards that. We'd already talked about like Matthew McConaughey, how he tried out for these things. I, sometimes that's like one of my favorite things about the movie is going, what? And then trying to put them in that role in my mind and just going, uh-uh, no, no. <laughs> A lot of it is very knee-jerk negative. I mean, like, I think, you know, Matthew McConaughey, I think you would have brought too, too chill of a role. Rob Lowe has that, like, edgy spikiness to it that actually made that role, I think, better. Um... Apparently, though, who was it? There are two, there are two other ones. Uh, Christian Slater was Christian supposed Slater. to play Richard. Yeah. And then there's someone else who's supposed to play Richard. Who was that? Uh, Adam Sandler. So Chris Farley wanted either Adam Sandler or David Spade. So his okay. SNL people. Um, yeah. And uh, let's see. I think Sandler was, like, shooting Billy Madison. So he couldn't yeah, do it. And so, so like, uh, they got Spade got the role. So it could have been Adam Sandler, which I feel like, I mean, he would have done a decent job. It's hard to imagine, and maybe that's just a failure of imagination to see that with Sandler. I mean, we know he has the acting chops to probably pull something like that off. But you just get that kind of like, there's this simmering tension that David Spade has. And it's just, it's perfectly, it, it just, it's perfect for this role. Because, I mean, you've got, he's... That's it. That's the character, you know, is this simmering resentment of Tommy boy and how he just got, you know, he just had a dad who loved him where David Spade didn't have a dad and he got everything handed to him and continues to do so. And David Spade's like working super hard and keeps on getting the yep. shit jobs, you know, <laughs> like, thanks for choosing me. Spade is perfect in this. I think if you have Adam Sandler in it, it's, almost like too much star wattage. This needs to be a yeah. clear out for Chris Farley, which David Spade compliments Farley in this incredible way with these two films that they're in together. I don't know if that really works as well with Adam Sandler, but probably. Well, I mean, but David Spade, 
He's been, he's made his whole career based off of this movie. Yeah. I mean, you look at David, uh, I think David Spade, you look at a lot of the other kind of groups of comedians, like in this group, we'll call it the happy Madison, even though Chris Farley is never part of happy Madison officially. You have like, I think it's called the frat pack, which is like your Jonah Hill, your Will Ferrell, uh, the, uh, Wilson's, um, you know, there's always like movies where when one of them tries to break out, the movie's never as good, but when it's like two of them, they just nail it. Like you look at Adam Sandler, and David Spade, that was a formula that wins. When you look at like any of the movies now going forward, grandma's boy, it doesn't have Adam Sandler in it, but Adam Sandler is all in it. Like his fingers fun. Uh, I was reading another fun fact. The, the girl, the skinny dipping hottie, at the pool, you know, do you, do you go out with, does she go out with one of the Yankees? Speaking um, of no one's looking. They dated Apparently, her. Chris Farley started dating her after the movie, which David Spade got mad because he got friend-zoned. Well, um, no, no, then David Spade started dating her. They both yeah, dated he, her. He was friend-zoned at first. Like, that's yeah. great. Chris Farley got first crack once again, <laughs> showing that Chris Farley getting, getting what... You know, his real-life character there. Yeah. Getting what David Spade couldn't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, and I think I think that's because, like, David Spade's character in that movie and maybe in life, you know, he yep. kind of is held back from action. He's just, like, so in his mind, you know, that he never actually puts himself out there. And that's all Tommy Boy is doing, you know? Like, yep. that is all Chris Farley's character is doing. He just, you know, like, yeah, he puts himself out there. Yeah, it, is he rejected? Can he be rejected? Sure. However, you know, like it, it doesn't, it doesn't hold him back. It doesn't hold him back. And he's super successful with that. And I think David Spade, like getting to the end of that movie, he started to incorporate more of that into his own life, you know, instead of just going like, Oh, well I should have these things because I'm the smarter, better person. Um, you know, it's just like, David Spade's in this movie called Lost and Found that's good. Um, it's about him, like, someone's, some girl he's in love with, like, loses her dog, and he oh, fi- yeah. he finds the dog and then, like, acts yeah. like, hey, I'm going to go help you look for it for a week, yeah. and you're going to fall in love yeah. with me. It's a That's a fun movie, too. That's an underrated movie. It's a fun movie. That's a, that's a different spin on the whole, like, what is it when you take somebody hostage and they fall in love with you. What's that called? Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. It's like Stockholm yeah. syndrome, but with dogs. <laughs> yeah. no, it's, uh, another thing I like, I liked about Tommy boy. And you look at the, the movies of the time. We already talked about dumb and dumber. We've mentioned Billy Madison, but what I think is great is Billy Madison and Tommy boy are very similar in that you have this, the golden boy who's just a worthless POS in his own, in their own way. And they come back and the company is in, in disarray for some reason, whether it's death or retirement. And then you have like the, you know, antagonist trying to take over said company. In one case, trying to sell it and make money and be a scam artist. And the other, Eric, trying to take over the company. The big Eric. difference I really liked at the end in, in both of them, Billy Madison, Adam Sandler is not made to take over his company. He doesn't want to take over his company. But I like that you see the change in the reform in, in Tommy Boy. He actually, you know, puts his face on the wall, not just in the hole. Like, he becomes the company's owner. Whereas Adam Sandler, Billy Madison, hands it off to the friend who's better deserved. I really like how the movies aren't exactly the same. They, they take a different angle at the comedic route, which I liked. 
Absolutely. Well, and I think in Chris Farley's case, I mean, a lot of it has to do with the people in the town. If it wasn't going to affect a lot of people that he cared about, I mean, he probably would have sold it. You know, like if it had just been in some town somewhere where, yeah, those people are going to find other jobs. It'll be it'll be fine. Um, it wouldn't have been that big a deal because I, I, I don't think he has that ego in him. You know, uh, it was about other people. Um, whereas, I mean, and you kind of have that a little bit in Billy Madison. But I mean, Adam Sandler's character is a lot. There's a lot more ego there, you know. Um, which is one of the reasons that he goes back to school and he does, cause he's going to prove it, you know, yeah. <laughs> whereas I mean, it comes down to where they're from. Adam Sandler's a New York Jew, which, you know, I'm part Jewish. So I'm allowed to, you know, say that and like, he's a little colder, a little that, but then you got Chris Farley and having lived in Madison, Wisconsin, I know those Midwesterners, the Oaks, the, they're just so sweet and they care. And I love that they played that into the role. Like he cares about his town. He cares about the locals. Um, another thing I love, which obviously there's not a ton of representation in the movie by today's standards, but I do like, you know, we overweight people are generally typecasted into being funny or the mistake of movies. But I like that in, in Tommy Boy, Chris Farley gets the girl. He gets the cute girl, not the, t- the perfect Ted, but he gets the cute girl and for, for the right reasons. And I love that. And she's like, passionately crazy just like he is like as your quote when we started like i've seen where you sleep and your mothers will cry when they see what i've done to you like i love that he gets her and it's like not contrived it's not like a second best runner up chris probably gets her and i think that's great for representation for us fat people all over the world and she's smart she's super smart and funny she i mean yeah she's cute she's attractive all of these things but she yep. she like she she doesn't file but she makes it work for her um she knows that job backwards and forwards she's like she gets she's the a, she gets the police report she's a little crazy she like yeah she get, well she gets the police report she like sets a detective on things like she takes action it's her brother she yeah. is not mm-hmm. she is not just someone who's gonna sit by the sidelines and see what happens and I love that about her and that character, like there being a semi strong, especially for that time period, you know, it's yeah. like, I don't know if this passes the Bechdel test. Probably not. not. Um, wait, 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 what is the Bechdel test? Um, okay. So like, it's a very low bar, but it's basically like, are there two women that are named in the film, which yes, we've got here. Uh, so, are there two women that are named in the film? Yes, we've got that. And then uh, it's, do they have, is it one or two conversations? I think it's two conversations. You must talk two. to each other and your conversation must concern something other than a man. Yep. Oh. And the vast majority of movies, even made today, don't pass that test. Um, so, it's like real sad. Uh, I didn't even, I didn't even bother to really check that in this movie because I was like, no. <laughs> Well, they, I mean, they have they have that Bo Derek and her, which the sad part is I don't know her name off the top of my head. Um, I'm looking it up now, but they have Bo Derek and her. It's Ju- Julie um, Warren. Julie Warner, yeah, Warner. Close. She was in Doc Hollywood, Mr. Saturday Night, Wedding Bell Blues, yeah. But so they have two actresses. One is a big top named actress. Do they ever talk to each other about something other than men? Uh, she calls her out in the board meeting about her crimes directly. But I mean, that's not a conversation. There's not two ways there. I guess, I guess if you could nitpick eight, 
Nick Pickett. I mean, it if there's a single sentence, then sure, there you've got one. Where's the you know? But the, is there another one? You know, and that's so it's so small, it's so minuscule. You know, um, but yeah. Yeah, this kind of feels that one. It does, it does, and the vast majority of movies do. Uh, it's it's not funny. It's actually like incredibly that's, I, sad. I um uh we mentioned family. Another thing I, I did like about this, which is, happens a lot now in Sandler movies, um, <laughs> Chris Farley brought both his brothers into this movie. Like, he, I love when actors do that. They're like, hey, it's not like the Wilson brothers where they're both stars. But like Chris Farley, both his brothers played roles in this movie. Adam Sandler brings his whole family, his wife, his kids, everyone into every movie he ever does. I like when they do that. They're like, hey, I'm, I'm making money. You know, I want my kids here, bring kids to work day. I want my brothers on set. Like, I love it. It's like Gronk bringing, you know, all the Gronkowskis playing in the NFL. Like, I like it when it happens. It makes me smile when you see the other Farley brothers doing things in their movies. And it's it, true. You know, it's fun. Agreed. Like, wasn't his brother sitting next to him when his dad, like, asked him to come dance uh, at, at the, the wedding? wedding? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I love that. smile. Those those little those little details. Uh, we watched like when Harry met Sally the other day, and in that iconic like scene where she she like fakes the orgasm in the restaurant. What is, is it? The director's mom or yeah. something? Like she's she, in that she, she's scene. She's the one who says, "I'll have what she's." I'll have what she's having. You know, <laughs> like yeah. And that that just that just makes it because you're thinking about it in that moment. You're like, "Oh, look at that! I'm for it. It's adorable." All right. Well, um, why don't we go dive into the doggy bag? What are you taking home from the movie? I'm uh, I'm gonna just jump right in there, but I'm gonna say that what I took from the movie is that while doing the right thing is great, it doesn't work unless you get out of your comfort zone. Both our main characters get out of their own way in some way. Tommy with embracing his easy way with people and making it work for him in sales. And uh, kind of building that confidence um, and that he can he can do something that's actually worthwhile because he does not he's very lacking in confidence in that first part of the film. Uh, and then Richard and laying off the caustic sarcasm a little bit, injecting a little warmth and sincerity in with his like crazy smarts because he's like super freaking smart. Um but he's also, like, got this wall up, you know, like protecting himself. He's been through a lot in life, all these things. That wall kind of comes down a little bit. He's a little more insincere. He's a lot more likable by the end of the movie. And it definitely works for him. Yeah. My doggy bag is, you know, you don't, you don't have to be smart for people to love you. And you don't have to be smart to, like, I guess, get the job done. And... And to make friends. I mean, because, like, Richard now has Tommy Boy as a friend um, at the end of this movie. Where at the first, he was, like, just the whole, his whole life, he's just been a prick to Tommy. But, like, we, we see, I'm, we missed out on, like, just decades of Chris Farley. But I'm glad that we have this performance and we'll always have it. Yeah. Um, I think I, my, my doggy bag will say it's like two levels. One would be like the meat and substance and one would be the sauce. Like the meat and substance is, you know, the, there's like, there's a quote, Socrates quote, um, to know thyself is the beginning of wisdom. And I think that is shown even in this physical, dumb comedy slapstick movie. 
it is about understanding yourself. At first, he tries to copy his dad. He screws up miserably. He tries to copy Richard, knowing the facts. Screws up even worse. Lights a car on fire because he gets emotional. Like, he tries to be everybody else, what people think he is, and he's terrible at it. And when he starts to understand who he really is, that he may be a product of his father, but he is who he is, that's when he finds his groove. And it's funny because his groove is very similar to what he was trying with the car, but he was just being himself when he went off with the chicken, the, uh, you know, my pretty little pets, naughty pet. Like, he, that was just him. And that's my deeper, the meat that I'm taking on. The sauce is the timeless quotes from this movie. The, in the days before ticker tocker and instagrams and memes and gifs that we all pass around we quoted movies at each other this movie was like i'd say probably 20 percent or one twentieth of my language for like years schnikes son of a you know uh shut up richard i quote this movie like literally the other day i was saying how much i say um the herbie hancock line and like my friend was like, you do say that one a lot. I'm like, yeah, I really do. Because anytime someone had a house, signed the screen, I'm like, Herbie. <laughs> <laughs> and like, people look at me weird. And I'm like, sorry, you'd have to be before the internet to understand that one. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the endless movie quotes from this one. Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I Th- love- thanks for being on the show, CT. And I hope you're, you're going to be on more episodes with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm always down. I, I, I'm not as eidetic uh, as you are with the memory of the movie placements, but we watched this yesterday, and my friend Brett, she was like, are you going to quote the whole movie? Like, yep. <laughs> Maybe all so. Lines. Yep. I know it all. And the, I, I, like, I like movies. The 90s, oh, any movie in the 90s, that was like the heyday for film. There's so many things we can talk about. In the 90s, um, just because I think that was before Netflix, before we had this unlimited stream of movies that we could just click. We had to go to the blockbuster and be like, OK, I'm going to watch, you know, this one and then this one. And then I'm going to get all the Robin Williams movies. I'm going to get. And also, what was that club called? Columbia House. Oh, BMG. oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember, you get that and you're like, I want to get every Tom Cruise movie. That was one of the things. I had every Tom Cruise movie. I had every um, Brad Pitt movie. I had all these like collections, and I got them in VHS. Then I had to get them all over again in DVD. Then I had to get them all over again in Blu-ray. So I literally bought the same thing three times. And now it's all streaming, so it doesn't matter. They're in a box somewhere. But <laughs> I'm always down to talk movies. I'm always down to make food. I love themes, so... Yeah. Yep. Yep. The first the first time I met I met CT. What what'd you make? Something aioli. What was oh, it? I made uh fried fried, fried uh, potatoes and sweet potatoes with uh, garlic aioli. A garlic aioli. Oh my god, it was so good, so good. Yeah. So I can attest to that. Even your chicken wings looked amazing. We didn't get to try them sadly this time, but yeah, looking forward. We've to got it. the recipe now. We've got the recipe. We're gonna do it. Yep. <laughs> but. Yep. Yeah. Pull them in the twice fry. Keep that in mind. You fry it once, pull them out, let them get back down to room, and throw them back in for the second fry. Ooh, I had no idea. I had no idea. I'm going to have to try that out. Um, for everyone else out there, if you'd like to hear more of our episodes, you can find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Show notes and more are available on our website, macandcheesemovies.com. 
I've got a plan. Yikes. Mac and cheese out. <laughs>